Hey friends, welcome to the Waterworks Podcast. I am your host, Reverend Karen Weiss, and with me again, I've got Missy Schoonover. Hello. Uh, before we get started into our topic of conversation today, I want to let you know about an event that I am hosting with my fellow spiritual director, Kelly Kripsik. Uh, you can go to our website, www.waterworksministries.org forward slash store and register for our Cultivating Inner Spaciousness. Uh, retreat, which is on June 18th of 2022. It's a Saturday. It's down at the Waugh Wilson House uh, in Mechanicsburg. And we're really excited about it. It's from 9.30 to 3.30, 4 o'clock-ish, depending on how many questions people have at the end of the day. And it's a time for you to cultivate inner spaciousness. Uh, there's going to be some talking and discussion. There's also going to be time for quiet and silence and uh, stillness as well as alone time and lunch will be provided and you can get all the other information about Kelly and I and the retreat on our website. Again, that's waterworksministries.org forward slash store. And now that that quick advertisement is out of the way, we're talking about Trinity today. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Missy's not really all that excited about it. I, well, not that I'm not excited about the Trinity. <laughs> it's just when you when you say we're going to talk about the Trinity, I mean, that, for some people, that can be, well, I mean, I'm just going to be honest, for some people, that can be scary. Hmm. I, I'm not scared. It's just I'm looking at it saying... What part of the, you know, how, what facet of the triune God do we want to talk about here? Because I have a very different relationship with each personhood. So, well, and thank you for that reminder because I'm the only one in the room that took systematic theology and has 20 pounds of books about the triune God. <laughs> yes. And I'm guessing of our listeners, you may still be the only person. <laughs> there may be a few out there. Don't want to dismiss anyone out there, mm. but there's not many who have had the um, educational experience with the Trinity that you have had. So there's a yeah. disclosure. Yes, full disclosure um, in that regard in terms of education. Yes. yes, and I'm pretty sure it was 20 pounds of textbooks. There were three. Woo. Uh, And the books were called Systematic Theology. One was God the Father, the second was Jesus the Son, and the third was, I think, the Holy Spirit. (laughs) It was not named Holy Ghost. No, yeah, it was Holy Uh, Spirit. Okay. So, Hmm. yes. So for those of you that are like, what is she talking about? In a lot of our creeds, I think all of our creeds, primarily, um... Within the Christian tradition, there is an understanding that God reveals God's self in different ways. And so if you look at the Old Testament, there was a lot of what's who the person who's traditionally called God the Father, uh, the one who led the Israelites out of Egypt, the one that showed up to Moses. Mm-hmm and uh, 
and the Israelites and the pillar of fire and the cloud. And uh, that was helping move that people group forward. However you want to interpret that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Jesus was present, but not as the Jesus that is talked about in the New Testament specifically. And the Spirit was present and active in many different stories, in many different ways. Um, but it is up for discussion and debate as to whether or not the Holy Spirit lived within people uh, before Jesus came right into the earth. And that's one of those theological discussions that you can find a very learned theologian to support whichever side you fall on that. Yes. So mm -hmm. that is part of what I think is so cool about scripture and about God is when he says there are mysteries and there are things beyond our understanding. Why do we get so surprised when there are mysteries and things that we don't <laughs> understand? I just look at it and say, okay, it's okay that I don't understand. Let's move on. But other people have that need to to know. And you guys, we were not hanging out with the Israelites in the desert, so we don't know. Yeah, we don't know how God showed up mm -mm. apart from the description. Right. Of the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. and. But we do know that all three parts of God were there. Mm -hmm. All three of the Trinity were present at creation and were going to meet all three at the same time mm. when we get into whatever glory looks like, whenever that is, presumably. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Again, yeah. I don't understand how it's going to work, <laughs> but Scripture says it will be so. Yeah, and so in the tradition that I tend to fall into, I will say, um, that if you start asking me questions about the Trinity, I will default to this. Um, there were three Eastern churchmen um, in, I think, the late 300s, maybe sometime in the 300s or maybe the early 400s, um, in where was it the eastern like the eastern part of the middle east or i'm sorry the western part of the middle east um gregory gregory and basil oh basil those guys haven't heard basil's haven't name heard basil's for a while name. for a hot minute so oh yes oh boy and listeners buckle up she's going to talk about basil <laughs> <laughs> so these three were really good friends they ended up being colleagues and they they had a tendency of parsing out the trinity to almost talk about them like three different people and if you have a conversation with me that's probably what i sound like mm -hmm. they because the way that my prayer life has evolved is that often they show up to me in some kind of mental image as three different distinct beings um, that have their own 
thing, their, their mm-hmm. own stuff, their reason for being present, separated as opposed to one. Right. I, I'm the same. I have a very distinct relationship with each member of the Trinity with a different, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I would, I would almost, and I know this isn't right, but in the human way to explain it, my relationship, my personal relationship with each member of the Trinity, it's like they have their own personality. Mm-hmm. Like they will talk with me and, and walk with me in very different ways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same, but I, but I intellectually know that they are three in one. But I don't think it's possible for my brain to comprehend how is that, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, and we just kept, you know we're still in Easter season here, and uh, I was in a I was in a Bible study meeting, and one of the ladies was like, "I just don't understand how could how could God the Father not be present with Jesus the Son if they're the same?" And I'm like, "And there's one of those mysteries <laughs> that we're just not going to go into today." So yeah, it's a lot of, um, it's, it's confusing. This is a confusing thing for, I think, most of us at some stage of our journey, but this is a bedrock of our faith, that God is three in one. Yes. Yes. And when it gets that, at least for me, when it gets to that confusing point, um, I wrestled with it. Mm-hmm. I struggled through it. And then I surrendered to the idea that I would not understand. Right. Because the, just the way that my personality works, I wanted to know the right answer. And there isn't one for this because it is mystery in a depth and level that, like you said, Missy, we cannot fathom. We can't. We cannot remotely hold the, the greatness and largeness and complexity and infiniteness mm. mm-hmm. of the God who we worship. Right. We can't. And so in some ways, I think God has given us, in some ways, an archetype. For, for who God is in a way that we can sort of understand and yet requires a great amount of faith and trust. Right. Because otherwise we wouldn't need relationship with the three-in-one. <laughs> Again, we would, you know, we'd be like, we've got this, thank you. Mm-hmm. We have it under control. We'll see you on Sunday. See you. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, and you remember during that season, I, I too struggled with it and needed the answers and, you know, and Karen and I were at a, um, a retreat many years ago and a gentleman who is quite gifted in the realm of prophetic, if you will recall, told me quite clearly, he was like, you know what God wants to say to you? God is showing me that you need to stop being a brainiac and stop trying to figure things out. Just be. And I didn't like that. Because I, I was still in that, I need to intellectually understand, you know, type A personality here, you know, all the degrees, all that stuff that really doesn't amount to, you know, 
a cup of coffee. But I felt like if I don't understand and can be able to answer all the questions, then my faith isn't, you know, I, I can't talk to people. And then God was just like, seriously, girl, like I told you that there are things that you aren't going to understand. And, and, and yet here you are still saying, but I need to know. Well, you know, you know, don't misunderstand what Karen and I are saying when we say we just gave up the need to know. That does not mean that we don't still seek, question, study, cry out, wrestle, struggle, Stomp our, stomp our feet, feet. shake our <laughs> fist, cry, because we, because we just, we do. But here's the difference. I don't do those things now, and I think you don't either, because it's coming from a place where I need to know something. It's because it's who I want to know better. Yes. That's where my, that's where my hunger for truth and, and answers it's not so much the end result of knowing, well, God, what does the Trinity really mean? It's, God, I want to know you in all of your forms. I want, I want to be closer. So help me understand that. So that's, you know, so when we say we gave up the, the you know, the, oh, we need to know these things, don't misinterpret that to be that we just were like, oh, well, we're not supposed to know it, so don't think about it because we wrestle with these things. But he no. he reveals himself. If you've listened to more than four of these podcasts, <laughs> you know how incredibly stubborn Missy and I can be. Yes. So, yes, there. do not misinterpret when we say we surrendered. We surrendered essentially trying to be God. Oh. And we continue to surrender that. Just hearing you say that, it is so true, but wow, does that hurt? <laughs> Because that's what it is. It is. It's an idolatry of knowledge and control. It is. And, and it's of, it is of nothing. That, that comes from the enemy of this world. And, um, and that's all that is. Yeah. So, so in that respect, we learned. And generally, that, that understanding has followed with us. There are times when we revert. But generally speaking, um, we do it, we wrestle, and we question because we want to know God better, like Absolutely. you said. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. Yes. And so, as you hear us talk about the Trinity, it's, I hope you hear how, how deep of an appreciation and a love that we have for this God whom we worship. Mm -hmm. um, and even if we're laughing and cracking jokes, there is a deep respect and honor of, of both of us for each other and oh, yes. also for, um, for the infinite divine. You know, Proverbs says, iron sharpens iron. And Karen and I are iron and iron. And we have sharpened each other with God being the one who has been doing the sharpening. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and, and to be very honest, if, if sometimes we do sound like we're laughing, it's because we have had truth revealed to us in some of the most bizarre, funny things. Because that's how our attention, that's, that's how God has been able to get our attention. That's how we have just grown. And Karen and I, many, many years ago now, 
this may come as a big surprise to, to some of you. Now, to family, you're not going to be surprised by this at all, but Karen and I are not known generally as being the, the people that are like, woo, party, party, fun, fun, fun people. You know, we like to have fun and laugh and, and play, but we were so serious, you know, when we oh started gosh, this journey we together. Were. We were so serious. Laughably serious. Oh, people would look at us and say, <laughs> wow, you know, this is crazy. You, you two guys are, are mental. You guys are mental. Yeah, you guys are intense. Like, take a, whoa, you know, take a break, <laughs> breathe. But we were so intense and we were so, you know. And God, <laughs> who does have a sense of humor, was like, okay, girls, <laughs> I'm going to teach you and I'm going to reveal all the parts of me in some ways that are funny. So so please do not, like Karen said, this is not an irreverence at all. This is actually after coming through many fires that brought us to our knees face down on the floor, crying out, empty, spent, desperate, mm. that he lifted us through laughter. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you get nothing else from this podcast today, as you're listening, know that our God is a God of irony and humor and deep appreciation. Yes. God shows up how we need to be showed up to. Yeah. Bad grammar. But, but it's true. But it's true. And so I think partly the Trinity is such a gift in that because... Some people do not relate well to God the Father mm -hmm. or Creator God or however you want to describe that part of the Trinity. Some people don't really like Jesus for whatever reason. or That's not their main entry point mm -hmm. to the divine. Right. That's a better way of saying it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think anyone who's a Christian would be like, oh, I don't like Jesus. That, that might be a stretch, right? You know. <laughs> but they maybe weren't original. I have a Muslim friend mm -hmm. who had an experience very clearly. She didn't know it at the time, but she had an encounter with the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. before she knew Jesus. Mm -hmm. So that would be an example of yeah. not yet being, um, yes, with yeah. Jesus. But now she loves him, and it's, it's all good. <laughs> She's a Christian. But, but that would be an example. Yeah. And then to get to the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. in the Wesleyan tradition, we have several different options of grace, which leave it, leave it to a type A personality to parse these things out. But when we're talking about prevenient grace or preventing grace or what I call wooing grace, woo-woo, <laughs> not, like, not like a train, mm -hmm. but, you know, the desire to gather us in. The Holy Spirit is, is very, very active in that um, because in some ways that, that's our job. Right, right. There's, Jesus can be too much for people. Creator God, the Father, can be too much for people. So if there's a gentle wind, mm. you know, or breath that comes and gives us that little kind of mental curiosity, like what just happened? Fantastic. But often, and what I find interesting about at least much of the United Methodist Church, is that 
we don't often acknowledge that part of of the spirit's work. Um, the Holy Spirit gets ignored a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. Yes, and that troubles me because because the Holy Spirit and you'll hear Karen refers to the Spirit as she. I refer to the Holy Spirit as he. God is genderless, so you know it both and neither. Both and neither. <laughs> we don't know. Um, but you know the Holy Spirit is such an amazing, amazing gift to us that he or she or they, they, whatever pronoun, I don't know. I don't think God really has a pronoun, but eh, whatever. Uh, again, <laughs> mystery. Um, what a gift to us. And, and I think so many Christians experience the joy that the Spirit brings to them without ever understanding that that it's the Holy Spirit yeah. alive in them and, and with them. Or they, they might attribute it to Jesus and his peace or whatever. Right. But right. his peace is, we experience that because of the action of the Holy Spirit. And let's be clear. What did Jesus say? I have to go so yeah. the Spirit can come and you're going to have an advocate. You're going to have a helper. And, and One I'm, who lives in, in you. In you. I will leave so that he can be in you, not with you, in but you. in you. And that's a because whole... Because you are the temple. <laughs> right. Now. You know, I mean, like, it's ooh, just... God lives in us because we are the temple. And God does that through the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. And that's where I love it when you talk with people. And, um, and this doesn't happen often. I think Karen has had much more experiences just because of vocational call. But uh, I've had it happen a couple of times, and it's so neat to be talking with someone, whether they be a new Christian or a mature Christian who just hasn't experienced the Holy Spirit. And that first time, maybe that you see the recognition on their face, like, wait a second, that nudge that I felt, that compulsion to pray a certain way, that, hmm, this doesn't feel right. That was the Holy Spirit in me, guiding me, coaching me. And that's such a cool thing mm-hmm. to see. And that can happen to the youngest of child, to the oldest of person, because he's with us. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a, um, there have been so many seasons of life to this point, and there will be so many more, that I true. I know so many people say, because of Jesus, I can get through this. And for me, so many times, and I've said it to Karen, Without the Holy Spirit, how did I get through this? Like, I, mm-hmm. and that scares some people. And I grew up in a region where it was not the Holy Spirit, it was the Holy Ghost. That's a whole other podcast of like <laughs> how people make it into some like woo woo. You know, the Holy Spirit scares some people because they don't, they, I, I don't know, maybe it's an understanding. I, well, I know from a lot of my conversations, uh, she's untetherable. No, <laughs> that's for sure. And in a society and culture like what we have in the United States, where we want to be fully in control of pretty much everything, the spirit is like, <laughs> good luck with that. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we put the spirit in boxes of, oh, yes, well, spiritual gifts are a way that the Holy Spirit works through us. 
sanctifying grace is a way that the Holy Spirit works through us. Right. We see the results of the Spirit's work that we are a part of. And I have experienced with the Holy Spirit that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. It's all her, him, they. It's that, that tension of seeing... Seeing the Spirit's work after the fact, as opposed to acknowledging the Spirit at work in the moment. And, and for those of us who are, are preachers or speakers or teachers, specifically in church settings, uh, many of us have had experiences where there is this nudge just to go and completely other direction Um, even in these podcasts we take very sharp turns every once in a while and that's that's a god thing right specifically we would attribute it to a spirit thing absolutely and and so for for those who are a bit uncomfortable with trusting god in this way it's okay Mm -hmm. we get it We've had to go through it. Part of our, yeah, very much part of our journey is is trusting in who God is. And that's learning about who, who God says God is. Whether it's the creator, um, the son, or the spirit. Um, there needs to be a learning about the three. Yes. And who, who they claim to be. Oh, and how they're at work in this world. And, and you know, so I, you, you've read these things, I've read these things, and we always kind of laugh a little bit because, you know, you'll read, you know, writers who have 15 theological degrees and say, well, you know, there's nowhere in Scripture that clearly delineates the Trinity and says Trinity. You know, how many people get hung up on, well, mm-hmm. Trinity's not a word in the Bible. Well, okay. It's not, no. It's not, but it doesn't mean that it's not there. So um, I, I do a blitz read of the Bible every year. Sometimes I do it twice, and I'm getting ready to start another one. So yay me. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. So just pray for Karen because she's going to have to deal with me while I'm, while I'm doing this. Because when I do this, when I blitz read through the entire Bible, the, the embodiment of who God is in all three forms of the Trinity will be revealed to me in new ways. It doesn't matter how many times I read the same scripture, he will he will show up in different ways. So some time ago, I had encouraged some ladies, read do a blitz of the Old Testament, but read it with the, the angle of see where in these stories of our heritage, you see God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit at work. And they really pushed back at me at first. And they're like, but the Old Testament is just God the Father. And I'm like, well... No, not really. So ask God to illuminate the scripture to you. And guess what? Holy Spirit will be right there with you when you're reading scripture. And you will read passages with a whole new awareness. Because like Karen said, they were all three together. At the beginning. At the beginning. And they're all three. But but for our own growth and, and everything so that we can come to know them better... 
they do have very distinctive roles that they'll play and don't compare the role that the Holy Spirit or Jesus, our Savior, or God the Father plays in your life to anybody else's. Because the way that they show up to me is very different than how they show up to Karen. And many times I think we share a brain in Mm -hmm. two bodies. But he will, she will show up in very different ways. And, And, you know, having known some individuals who have a real hard time even saying the words God the Father because of hurts and pains that they've experienced with earthly fathers or father figures, that's something that we need to also think about, you know, just because that's how maybe we're comfortable saying. So a lot of times you'll hear us say, because I say it as well, and I get some funny looks sometimes, you know, God the creator or the creator of the world or, you know, just God um, with the big G. Because sometimes saying God the Father can make people have physical and emotional and spiritual reactions that are not attributable to the Creator. Because our Creator created us out of love. But sometimes humans don't show that. So does that make sense? Like when we're talking about the Trinity, this is a, this could be like a 10 part podcast, you know, on each. But I think sometimes we, you know, the Holy Spirit gets ignored. A lot of the time. At least in... In In the West. In traditional, mainline, Western churches. In Western churches, the the Holy Spirit is ignored a lot. Um, But but we also need to remember that for some people, you know, when all we hear is God the Father, God the Father, that's very uncomfortable for them, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just need to remember to hold space for people in that way, too. Yeah. And and part of it, too, yes... uh, we need to understand the cultural reasons for the gender designations too. Right. So right. what was happening at, to what was the you know how I say this? What was the cultural connotation when the text was written? Yeah, and it was written over two thousand years ago, uh, the Old Testament specifically. Right. Um, and the stories from it were carried down for millennia before that. And so it was, at least in that area, very patriarchal. Women were property. Mm -hmm. Children were property. And so, you know, in some ways, we need... I said at the very beginning about how God is moving the Israelites forward. There are tons of examples of that if you know what's happening in the other places, in the other cultures of that day. Right. Um... But all of that to say, traditionally speaking, people have, got, have called the creator God the Father, partly because Jesus calls God the, the Father, Father. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because the Father was the head of the household. Mm-hmm. The Father was supposed to care for and love and protect the family. Now... We all know that that often doesn't work that way. Um, even in their time. Even in their time. Didn't. But it was still a position of authority. Yes. And that's, that and, was how he related the story to them. Right. And so I think that's an important mm-hmm. point, that, that God the Father is seen as an authority figure. Not like a, oh, you have to do this. Right. But 
I have your best interests at heart, and it would be great if you paid attention to me and listened to me sometimes. Right. <laughs> right. But you know, but but isn't it so I beautiful? I love you. Let me protect you. But but here's the but here's the thing that is so beautiful about the Old Testament, and I don't hide my absolute passion for the Old Testament. I don't. You and I love the Old Testament, yeah, and I know that, that a lot of people don't understand that, but I love the Old Testament. Think about that cultural connotation very patriarchal patriarchal society everything you know for their teaching it was very male male dominant we know god is not a gender we we know this god is not a, a he or she but but for that time however look at how prominent so many of the stories in the old testament that are of great significance to the furthering of the Israelites in the story to bring us to Jesus are about women. Mm-hmm. That, and they're named. They are named. And these they were not named. royalty women who were named. We're talking Tamar, who was a prostitute. We're talking, you know, Esther, who, yes, Esther's a cool character, but she didn't do everything right. They I'm are thinking of Hannah, Hannah Samuel's, mom. Samuel's mom. I mean, she was rejected by everyone and and made fun of by the other, the other wives. The other in. wives, like oh, <laughs> Hannah, mm, you know. But her faithfulness, and I mean, but you stop and think about how important those stories were. That the men who were the scribes of that day, like they, that's that is God. At work, absolutely. At work. So, so even back, you know, three, three and a half thousand years ago, these stories were being passed down with these women's yes. names. And that, that in and of itself is a demonstration of not only the Holy Spirit at work in, this, in the storytelling, mm-hmm. but to me is, is God pulling the Israelites forward. Mm-hmm. Like, these women are important yes. and you will name them mm-hmm. and they will be known they will be known and, and here we are and we still know and their here stories. we are we're talking about them i think only god knows how long how much later how much longer <laughs> right you know and how three much and later a half, is it? four thousand years because we don't have exact dates so we don't know but we know that they were real people and mm-hmm. they were just doing what they were doing, mm-hmm. and here we are still sharing the stories of them today. And they were women. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> One of the first, so when we talk about divine inspiration, it's specifically in terms of scripture, oh. that was one of the first things that made me think that God was involved in some way mm-hmm. in the recording of, of scripture. Well, <laughs> my thought was, if it was left completely up to dudes, no woman would be named in the entire thing, Mm-mm. and that would be the end of it. Well, and, some of the women might have been recorded, but it would have been like only okay. Jezebel, you know, or <laughs> Athalia, you know, the women yeah. who were like killing people and, you know, raging against yeah. you know, God's people. You know, maybe just those women would have been. Yeah. Uh-huh. But not the stories of the, the matriarchs of the faith. Or even Deborah. Yes. The first judge. The, Imagine yeah, the, the scandal of having a woman sitting under the tree judging. Yeah. 
I love Super it. scandal. Super yeah. scandal. So yeah, all of these things that were bringing into this conversation you can see why missy said we could have a 10-part series on each part of the trinity and there's there's a beauty to it and so if you haven't read through the old testament recently read through even if it's just the first uh five books missy is giving me a look of of consternation but there's so much more well go into the six go into judges and then Keep going because you'll be horrified and need to continue reading on. <laughs> you need to keep going. <laughs> you need to keep going after the end of Judges. Just saying, Kings is a bit tough, but yeah. do it. First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. They're a bit tough, but you know what? It's our family history. It and is it's our Im- family history. It's important to know it. And God weaves all of it together. And there are glimpses and glimmers of, of who's at work when. And how and mm-hmm. and what's happening and if you go into it reading it with an open heart and mind yeah. and don't go into the Old Testament like so many people do oh this is the Old Testament this is when God is filled with rage and wrath and and that's that's so far from the truth I mean yeah. yes God is a God of justice but again, cultural connotations mm-hmm. are important and go into it saying, show me, Holy Spirit, show me where you are in this. Hey, Jesus, show me where you are in this. And, uh, and he will be faithful. Yeah. And also um, the idea of a lot of people look back and insert Christ where Christ oh. is not. Yes. Please don't do that either. No, please don't. Um, and that could be a whole podcast in the examples of people doing that all the time it's okay if you don't know or if you were taught that but the one that comes to my mind is from Isaiah, wonderful counselor prince of peace, everlasting God, mighty something forgetting one Mm -hmm. Um, that prophet wasn't talking about Jesus, at least if you look at it in the cultural context of the moment. That prophet was talking about the king that was being born. Mm-hmm. And there was a hope and and all of the things that come along with, especially in that time, of what it meant for there to be a descendant of the throne. Right. And especially because very bloodline oriented and it was assumed that that king was going to be the ruler and what I'll call the justice maker yep. of of the tribes mm-hmm. and so to proclaim hope really extraordinary hope over a baby was not uncommon at all to pray blessing over a child especially Especially in a king's line. In a king's mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It happened every time a son was born. Right. <laughs> often. And it was often. You know? <laughs> and so, you know, the firstborn son would have gotten the biggest blessing, but the other sons would have gotten some form of blessing as well. Um, and so... 
And that is one of the more controversial examples. True. That it, yes. <laughs> out there because, you know, we're not in Christmas season right now, but I mean, come on. People have gotten upset with me mm-hmm. when I've said that because for some reason it, it touches something about their identity of Christ. Right. Um, and you and I are much more fluid than that. We are much more fluid. And and this also, we, because Karen and I are of the same brain on this, that, you know, Isaiah, yes, he had some prophecy in his writings that we, we'll see, that we will see, that we haven't seen yet. And there are prophecies that have already been fulfilled. But we did a lot of studying and praying and digging on this. Like, well, what does that mean? Just because it's on a Christmas card, does that mean that it's true? And we both came to the same conclusion that when you look at the cultural connotation of when it was written and what was life like then and who was he writing to, well, (laughs) maybe he's not saying this is who's coming, you know, so just you have to be careful about those yeah. things like you oh well you it, yes that's true well why do you know that to be true well because i've just oh i guess i've always just thought it but i haven't read the scripture or commentaries mm-hmm. to to really find out and it just because isaiah or whoever wrote it um, attributed to isaiah wasn't thinking about the christ as we know jesus to be doesn't mean there also wasn't that intention as well so like it's a it can can be be a both both and and. (laughs) it can Can always you know not always but oftentimes it can be a both both and and. just because the writer didn't mean it doesn't mean it's not necessarily true if like psalm 22 right well i mean and if we believe in the you know in in the divine inspiration in the writing of the text yeah what the writer thought he was writing and what the divine inspiration was intending for people of that day yeah. and people two millennia later can be completely different. But guess what? It serves. It, it serves, serves the purpose. The yeah. purpose. So yeah. And we got onto scripture, but I think it's it's funny that we root it there, because this is where it all comes from. Mm-hmm. All of our a lot of our understanding of the Trinity comes from scripture and it comes from experience which is really funny because of the two of us i'm the scripture eater and karen mm-hmm. is the experiencer <laughs> yeah not that i don't experience and not that she doesn't eat scripture but we lean i am much more of scripture scripture like eating that scroll like i want to be like zeke and eat yeah. the scroll hiding under the bush and god shows up differently to karen but isn't it cool that we were brought together with very much the same brain in a lot of ways, but with such different, we come at it from two completely different places. And again, iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. And we're able to share with each other. So here's a plug. If you don't have a Karen in your life, you know, pray for God to to bring Mm -hmm. someone to you because having someone that is trusted and a believer that you can have these wrestlings with or maybe listening to us in our is enough for you that's fine but (laughs) we can be a lot to handle we can be a lot to handle you know my son will often say you and karen for such little people wow (laughs) you guys pull a lot of punch and i'm like well i guess that's just how we are but you know it's really i don't know that i would have dug as deep or questioned as much or been as 
naked in front of the Lord with my questions if I didn't have somebody helping support me when I was doing it. Mm-hmm. So, oh, absolutely. And it's important. It is important. And it's important for the checks and balances too of, you know, this is, this is what I've experienced. Is this of God? Mm-hmm. And your interpretation of scripture, does this, you know, you know, scripture too, Karen, what's been your experience right. of this? Test like, it. Test it. Test it. Which is what we're encouraged to do. Well, and that's where, you know, there's been, there's been speculation. This is an obscure scripture, but you know, taste and see that I am good. Mm-hmm. You know, what does that mean? He's saying, chew on this, explore this. Does this, you know. Does it line up? Does it line up? Is it trustworthy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, this took a turn that I <laughs> Again, didn't expect. Yeah. So Surprise. praise you, God, for, um, yeah, I guess. Started out with the Trinity and ended with Scripture. So we will leave you with mm. all of these things to well, chew on. But the Trinity, Scripture, come on. It is. It and is. so if you hear the... If you hear the saying, the word is alive and active, you have just seen that and, well, heard it at work. Um, uh, yes, because this is nowhere even remotely in the same zip code yeah. as where we had intended to talk today. And we didn't have a clear map. We never do. We never do. But but we kind of think we do. We were we are both surprised by where this ended up. So yes. lucky you guys. <laughs> Or I'm sorry. I don't know which. (laughs) Yeah. Chew on it. See. Read scripture. See how the spirit shows up. See how Jesus shows up. See how um, creator God shows up. And and if you're intimidated by the Old Testament, start with the new. Yeah. You know, start with. I was going to say start with Romans, but that might not be a good idea. (laughs) No, don't do that. Start with Mark. Start with Mark's a very, yes. Start with the Gospel of Mark. He gives lots of details. He's very wordy. Well, not really. (laughs) Well, in comparison to Matthew, who I just spent nine months studying, yes. Matthew is very direct, which is why I appreciate Matthew. I always think of Mark as a a gospel that is very action, movement-oriented. He gives lots of details. He, yeah, well, that is true. Jesus <laughs> sleeping on a cushion at the front of the boat. He gives many details where Matthew was like, we were on the boat. <laughs> yeah, well, in that way, it's very true, mm-hmm. which you know, like, it's like, oh, this writer or the person telling the story. Right. Because theoretically, people believe that it was Peter telling Mark the stories and Mark was scribing Mark was for him. scribing for him, right? Mm-hmm, That's the, one of the possibilities. That is a theory, and I That's believe it. So, um, But yeah, like, oh, someone must have been there because you wouldn't have included that description in that way. So, you know, just another kind of credence to Scripture not only being divinely inspired but told, at least from a gospel perspective, just read the four Gospels, yeah. and you'll see the same stories in different ways. And some of the Gospels include stories about Jesus that the mm-hmm. others don't. And mm-hmm. don't be like, well, why didn't they include that? It doesn't matter. It wasn't their purpose. It Just wasn't their purpose because, again, they... we're believing that Scripture is divine inspiration. So just but read the four Gospels. See how 
see how God in you know, all Creator, God's facets Son, shows and up. Spirit shows up. Mm-hmm. You know, read Acts if you really want to get a crash into, you know, a Holy Spirit at work. Read Acts. And just be ready for weird stuff. Because weird stuff happens in Acts. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. Even for that time. Even for this time. Even, <laughs> even for that time, weird stuff Yeah, but, but before you start to read in the Scripture, if you feel led to read Scripture, um, you know, just, just pray and say, you know, Reveal to me, Holy One, that covers all three, Yep. you know, what part of you have I not embraced or have I not explored or have I been ignoring or do I have a misunderstanding of who you are? And trust me on this, you will get an answer. It may not be that day, but if you are serious about really unpacking and understanding how each person of the Trinity is alive in you, Ask the question, mm-hmm. and be, then be ready. <laughs> be bold to ask the question, because mm-hmm. that's a scary question to ask for you know for a lot of people, and it was for us. Oh, it was for us. And sometimes it even still is. It's we're still. we're much less attached to our beliefs now. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the ones that we thought were important, super important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Again, so, it comes back to we are much more comfortable with who. God is in all forms. In mystery. In the mystery. Then the logistics and the the nuts and the bolts of, well, how are you? Yeah. It's who are you, not how are you all three. It's who are you in each of these. Yeah. And I think that has been the greatest blessing of all. Mm-hmm. There you go. There <laughs> you go. Who are you? Who are you, God? <laughs> There's a question. Yeah. And on that note, have an amazing rest of your day and uh, yeah, continue to pray about who God is and ask God who God is. And uh, we'll be back with you on some other fun theological topic in however long that is. <laughs> you know, something that I was thinking. Uh-oh. Do, do you listeners have a topic that you've been thinking about? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, mm-hmm. something that maybe we've... Yeah, comment. Send yeah, us comment. a note. Send send a note to Karen. You know, hey, what about this? Or because there's a lot of crazy things happening in our world, and a lot mm-hmm. of unsettled. And um, you know, how do we how do we as followers of the risen Lord how do we navigate this? And mm-hmm. what do we draw from our faith? So if there's topics, mm-hmm. let Karen know. You never know. It yep. may be on a future podcast or with another person. We could bring somebody else in or I won't be me. It doesn't always have to be me. Trust me. <laughs> I don't have a theology degree. <laughs> but, um, yeah, comment. Yep. All right. So take care, everyone. Grace and peace.